Welcome to another edition of the Boiler Basketball Show on 1017 The Hammer, 1017TheHammer.com. I am Jared Jesselitis, and uh, joining me via military satellite is uh, Jeff Julik uh, at his uh, remote location that we cannot disclose, uh, but that's all right. We're going to spend a whole hour talking nothing but Boilermaker and Big Ten hoops with you here as uh, the Big Ten season is getting underway starting here on uh, Monday with uh, Samford and Sons. Uh, coming to uh, <laughs> Mackey Arena here, Jeff. Uh, but we'll get into that a little bit here. Let's get started, though, with what's happened since we've been gone. Uh, w- uh, two exhibitions, one for charity, and one which was, uh, I believe we were told by Arkansas fans, was our Super Bowl, which sounds great against Grace College. The good news is we are Super Bowl champions because uh, you know Purdue does win that game. Let's start with the Arkansas matchup first here, uh, Jeff. A little bit of controversy because Purdue does not win this one. It seems like Arkansas took it very, very, very seriously, whereas Purdue, and we talked about this going to the game, was more of, hey, we're using this as a prepping thing, not so much of trying to go out and win thing. Yeah, absolutely. And, Jared, how excited are the, uh, exciting are these uh, preseason uh, games? I mean, that, the, you had the great game with Kansas and Illinois, and you had the Michigan State-Tennessee game, and then, you know, I guarantee you Purdue going down to Arkansas and playing that game, and even though they lost the game, that did a, a tremendous amount more for their basketball team compared to, you know, IU playing University of Indianapolis. I mean, it just it just does so much for your basketball team. And, yeah, you'd like to come out on the uh, the winning end of that game, but at the same time, I mean, just a uh, uh, gutsy performance by the team. And, and we saw what it's like when, when Zach's in foul trouble and doesn't play a whole lot. Yeah, and it gives you an idea also what's going to happen when you turn the ball over 20-some-odd times. That, uh, Great point, yes. That's not going to be good, and it, that turned into a theme in the Grace game as well. Another 20 turnovers, uh, although, uh, you know, Zach Eady only plays, uh, what, like, uh, doesn't really play at all. I mean, let's be honest here. Uh, it goes with uh, uh, everybody uh, else, but still, um, you, you like the fact that uh, – that this team knows what the weaknesses are going to be and what the weaknesses, uh, you know, what you need to work on. Uh, and to be honest with you, Jeff, not a lot of stuff that's changed from last year. It's the same things. That's a little bit concerning for me. Well, I think the thing that you saw that has changed is, uh, you know, Cam Heidi and, and Colvin just add so much athleticism to this team. And we didn't see him a whole lot of minutes in that Arkansas game, but we saw him in much more minutes against Grace. And, you know, I think Coach Painter realizes that they need to get them back. They need to get them on the court to improve that athleticism that they need. You also saw something different. Zach Eady is catching the ball a lot higher out on the entry pass. I mean, he's almost at the foul line when he catches those passes, and it's amazing to watch him take two steps. And when he takes those two steps, he's at the rim already. And so I think that's going to be something different because they want to open up that that dive ability by the four. And with Trey Kaufman-Ren playing the four, that gives them a a pretty potential uh, potent one-two punch. And uh, tried to step up and take that three in that Grace game too, didn't he? <laughs> that was fun. I, I think, uh, I think that roof would have came down at Mackey if he had made that because uh, the crowd went nuts when he took that shot. So I think you'll see that. I mean, I think that's what the NBA wants to see out of that young man. And uh, you know, he's got a great free throw uh, stroke. So uh, why not step back of a what another four uh, four and a half feet and see if he can make those. 
I think another thing that stood out in these uh, games here early on has been the impact that Lance Jones has had uh, early on with this uh, squad here. Uh, that was a guy that, you know, we were very much keeping an eye on and what he was going to do and how he was going to impact this team. But, uh, you know, no turnovers, couple of assists, 13 points. Uh, it gives you a little something different bringing the ball up. Yeah, doesn't he look uh, – I mean, he, he looks really good right now. And, you know, he's got a lot of moxie and plays great defense. And uh, I think the, the Boilermaker fans are excited to see him play because he does give us that extra dimension that uh, we haven't had. You, you now have two people that can blow by your defenders besides Braden Smith. And uh, he's going to be a fun player to watch. And, you know, last go-round for him, and he wants to uh, – to uh, go out and, and wouldn't it be special if this guy could go out with a couple of titles and uh, do well in the NCAA tournament? A couple of guys that we've been keeping an eye on because we knew, you know, just based on personnel, they were going to have to find a way to get on the court. One of those guys you mentioned at the top of the show here, Jeff, uh, you know, Cam Heidi. Uh, he's played 21 minutes in that game against Grace. I had, okay, right? Four, uh, four or five rebounds for him. He had five points. Uh, maybe not a huge, huge impact, but he did generate three assists in that one, couple of blocks as well. Uh, what are your early thoughts on him? Well, I think the most impressive thing he's done has been his blocks. They were just you know off the charts, and you know he he can he's got hops, he's got athleticism. You know he stepped out and hit a, a, a three. I think that in, that was in the Arkansas game, and you know he brings a lot to the table. And, and if you watch the rotation. He's been the very first player off the bench. I mean, he's coming off the you know three or four minute mark and coming in uh, for Fletcher Lawyer, and he's uh, he's hitting his open shots and and he brings a lot to the table. And he and you got to realize, you know, he's a freshman and, and you know he went through the redshirt season and got all the workouts in before the games. But this is his real game action in over a year, and so I think he's going to bring a lot to the table. And I think Coach Painter is excited about him. I think that's why he is. Uh, basically the sixth man on the team right now. The other guy that I think fans have been really, really excited for was Miles Colvin. Uh, has not maybe, I don't want to say lived up to the hype, because that's not, that's not right. I mean, you've got to take a lot of things into consideration here. But, you know, in the 16 minutes generated eight points, which is great. But, you know, two of eight shooting is uh, not fantastic. You know, half those points came from the uh, free throw line. Hasn't really been a threat from three yet the perimeter shooting has left a little bit to be desired in these first two games but what what becomes miles colvin's role here early on coach painter said if anybody wants a red shirt that has to come from the player he's not going to make those decisions for anybody so you take a look at what you've seen here early jeff what is the future for miles colvin and what should he be doing well, he, he brings one thing to the table. I mean, multiple things. But the one thing that stands out is the fact he can go get his shot. And that's what you've seen. I mean, I, I know he was, what, two for eight, as you said, in the game the other night. But he took some good shots. And, you know, he is such an athlete. And he can, he can break you down and hit the fadeaways and take you to the to the rim. And, and you know, incredible athlete. And, um you know, he, he just looks lost at t- sometimes because he's a freshman and playing college basketball. And, you know, I think he's going to bring the table. He's got a lot of that Jaden Ivey, that Carson Edwards in him that he wants to take the shot. And, uh, yeah, and he can do that. And so I think it's going to be fun to watch this young man mature. And I don't think he'll richer. I, I think he's uh, too much uh, needed on this basketball team because, you know, there are times when you need somebody to go get a shot and, and he's that guy for you. 
Everybody's been talking about Matt Painter's comments about Trey Kaufman-Wren being the most improved guy on his team, but I'll tell you this. I feel like Will Berg kind of stole the show a little bit in that grace scrimmage. <laughs> Did he not? I mean, oh, that was fine. That 11 was fine. points in, in 10 minutes. He had six rebounds on top of that as well. He added a block. He didn't turn the ball over. Looked very smooth out there. Very much looking like the heir apparent to that center position for Zach Eady, much like, you know, Zach was uh, once upon a time as well behind a guy like Isaac Haas. So, uh, and, you know, Isaac behind. Uh, um, Oh my gosh! Now, oh come on, Jared, you completely. I, yes, thank you. AJ Hammond. Yes, thank you. I'm like it's right there. I can see him. I, he's smiling. I got it. And uh, it just had that brain fart for a second. But yeah, he looked very much like the next in line there too. I'm not saying he's national player of the year or anything in the future, but boy, I, I thought he uh, he stood out as one of the positives of that uh, grace scrimmage. Well, I tell you what, you can't coach seven two, and and he's. <laughs> You know, with that. Well, they're trying thing, to over at Sanford. If you've been watching a little vignettes, they've yeah, been shooting all week. Yeah, yeah, but I tell you what, I mean, he was so smooth. Um, he blocked shots. He, you know, he doesn't look lost out there. And I know he didn't play against Arkansas, but I think you're going to see him get some minutes. And uh, you know, he certainly has a lot of potential. And uh, it's just so much fun when you have uh, a line of centers the way the, the Boilermakers have. And 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 you know. He had a year, and he's coming off injuries, and so we'll see how he rounds into shape. But uh, I was very impressed with Will Berg the other night his, uh, in his performance against uh, Grace. All right, we're going to take a little time out here. When we come back, uh, we've got Alan Karpik of goldandblack.com. He's going to be our guest next as we spend the hour talking Boilermaker Hoops on the Boiler Basketball Show, 1017 The Hammer. And 1017thehammer.com. Welcome back to the Boiler Basketball Show on 1017thehammer and 1017thehammer.com. We're going to go over to the Blue Fox Eating Cooling Hammerhead Hotline. We're going to bring in Alan Karpik. Uh, he is the uh, publisher of goldenblack.com, the number one sports website in the entire state of Arkansas, from my understanding here, uh, according to uh, Brian Newbert, I think, as well. But, uh, no, they actually do cover Boilermaker sports like none other. The whole crew over there is fantastic. Make sure you pick up those subscriptions. They also make great Christmas gifts for those Boilermaker fans in your life. Al, great to have you back here. Uh, We've got a couple of uh, exhibitions under our belt. Purdue uh, basketball taken on Samford on Monday. So uh, after watching this uh, this game against Arkansas and then the uh, Super Bowl against uh, Grace College, uh, how how exactly are you feeling about this boy the maker team? Do you feel better than you did uh, heading into the season, or are you feel a little bit worse? Like kind of where are you feeling, Zad, after watching these two exhibitions? Well, I'm going to subscribe to the, the the notion, and I'll even give uh, Tennessee credit for their tweet on on it didn't count when they beat Michigan State. I know Arkansas. I know. Mr. Newbert, we probably need to get him some security because <laughs> all the friends down there. But, you know, I, 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 so my point is none of it counts, but it does count in some ways in terms of building a team, and, and Matt Painter's got a great team to build around. That's a good thing. But uh, I, I think all things are, 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 are uh, going just fine. I mean, I thought Purdue competed against Arkansas, had a chance to win that game. Arkansas, yes, it made some circus shots of – down the stretch, or certainly a circus, a very difficult three, I should say, at the end. And yet Purdue was in a position to win, especially when not shooting the ball very well in 20 turnovers. I thought they obviously improved that against Grace, cutting those turnovers down. Yeah, they need to get that three-point shooting above 29%. But, I, again, I, I think they will. I still think this is still a, 
I, contrary to what we saw at the end of last year and maybe a little bit of what to, we've seen the start of this year, this team can shoot the basketball. And it's just going to be a matter of uh, figuring out a rotation and deciding who's going to get the minutes and who's not. And that's going to be a big question as we watch, uh, especially uh, when the competition hits heats up uh, November 13th when Xavier comes to town. And Alan, have you, uh, you know, you've been around basketball, Purdue basketball for many, many years, but have you ever seen a team this deep? I mean, you know, what a tough job that Coach Painter has with basically 12 uh, players that could play and uh, trying to figure out a rotation. Yeah, I, I know I haven't. And, and we probably asked that question last year. And, uh, and, uh, and I probably gave you the same answer that uh, this, team, this team is deep. It's, uh, there's a, a homogenous feel to it in terms of you can really figure, you know, place uh, interchangeable parts. And when you think about Ethan Morton and Mason, Mason Gillis, not in the starting lineup. Now, whether that's going to be that way all year is certainly remains to be seen. And does it really matter? No. Uh, but it, it just shows you where this, this program is. And a kid like Lance Jones comes in, um, is impressive. And the key thing is with Heidi Jones and Miles Colvin, the three new pieces, and, and to some extent Brian Waddell, that, uh, you know, that these guys need to find a way to contribute and to find a way to, to do what Purdue needs most, and that's guys that can consistently make shots uh, at crunch time and also not protect the basketball. If Purdue does those two things, uh, there isn't anybody out there that Purdue can't beat. We saw that last year. This is, on paper, a better team than the Boilermakers had last year, and maybe by a good margin, though that may not necessarily translate into – to win, or as many wins to get up from the get-go. But I, I like this team from every turn. Well, then, Al, there comes you, – you mentioned that trifecta of players, so now comes the $64,000 question here. Is there a red shirt in the future for a guy like Miles Colvin? Would that be smart for him to take that red shirt, or does he go out there and roll the dice? I, I know Matt Painter says it's up to the player, but – uh, in your opinion, it, would it be wise for a player or two to be taking a red shirt this year? Well, I know Matt said after after the Wednesday night's game against Grace that uh, he didn't think that was going to happen. But like you just said, he, it's up to the player. I, I would be surprised with the guy, the talented level of Miles Colvin, that uh, that he would decide to do that because he's in the rotation. Now, is he going to play as much as he needs to? Who knows? But produce high-end potential uh, really rests with the three new players, in my view. You know, we've seen what these other guys can do. Yes, Braden Smith needs to be is improved. Fletcher Lawyer needs to be more consistent for shooting the basketball. Uh, all those things, but it's the X factor. Maybe the three guys: Jones, Heidi, and Colvin. And so, I, I would be very surprised uh, if he decides to do that. Because right now, let's be honest: when you got when you have Zach Eady in the middle, your time is now to Purdue, and this is the year. Yeah, and I don't think I don't think Purdue should apologize for that. I don't think fans should. You know, we all know what happened at the end of last year, but this is the team that's built built to to get it done if it can get the job done in March. So, Alan, the basketball world was saddened with the passing of Bobby Knight this week. I know you had a chance to talk to uh, Coach Katie this week, and. You know, you had the opportunity to, to uh, meet Coach Knight and, and deal with him over the years. But uh, talk about uh, Coach Knight's passing and, and what that meant to the, the Purdue and IU rivalry. Well, I think the common thread um, really is, has been with the people I've talked to 
including Gene Cady. And Gene, uh, I did get a chance to talk to him on Thursday morning. Um, you know, kind of upbeat in his own way about the whole thing, about his relationship with Bob Knight and the fact that uh, it had, and Matt Painter said it on Wednesday night, it really had the effect of making Purdue better. Uh, and it did. Uh, yes, Purdue was a Final Four team um, in 1980 before Gene Cady came to West Lafayette, but that intensity of that rivalry kept really motivated a guy like Gene Cady. It was kind of a perfect storm, a perfect match for Gene Cady's personality. You know, the whole fact that Gene Cady got te- two technicals in the first five minutes, I believe it was my facts are right, of, of his first game against Bob Knight in Bloomington, showed one thing, and that is he wasn't going to back down to Knight, and he didn't, and he beat him 21 out of 41 times, had a winning record against him. But it was the intensity of those rivalries and just what that – you know, Jeff, you were in, in, in Mackey Arena many times when, when the event of the year, without question, was or at least let's say the 30-second TikTok version of every, of every year yeah, was absolutely. when Bob Knight walked down the tunnel into Mackey Arena moments before tip-off because the crowd uh, uh, crescendoed. It booed louder and louder, and there was nothing like that moment. And uh, you need, in sports, uh, you need villains. You need guys that you can focus on. And and the uh, ironic thing at the end of the day is Bob Knight was the best friend friend of Gene Cady. And uh, that was a blessing not only in Gene Cady's retirement, but really also for Indiana basketball, the state of Indiana basketball, because it's bigger than life. It's bigger than life because Gene Cady and Bob Knight are both in the Hall of Fame. Uh, That's a tremendous tribute. Uh, to the state of Indiana and its great tradition in basketball. We're talking with Alan Karpik here on the Blue Fox Eating and Cooling Hammerhead Hotline. Uh, Al, these uh, Boilermakers going to kick off for real here starting on Monday. They take on uh, Sanford, followed by Moorhead State on Friday. That gets them uh, going ahead of the Gavit games. What do you need to see out of these first two games against Sanford and uh, Moorhead State next week uh, before they really start cranking up the uh, opponent intensity with Xavier and then uh, the Maui invite? Well, I think that Sanford's going to try to win the jump. We know that, <laughs> at least on Twitter. I love their sense of humor and, and the fact that uh, uh, you're coming into, coming into Mackey Arena with a 5'7 half. I guess he's, he's, he's getting taller as we go. But, uh, uh, you know, I, I, my, in my view, if you're Purdue, you just, you know, you just got to, to do the, work on the, on the fundamental things we've talked about, and that is – Making sure that you're that you're you're make keeping those turnovers at the, at the number that Matt Painter would want. He's kind of challenged his team. He said he talked looked at it, Rob Hummel's last year uh, or around the end of Rob Hummel's career at Purdue that uh, it was a situation where Purdue was led the nation. He'd like to get back to that level. Now whether they're going to do that, I, I don't think so. But they certainly need to cut that down. But just do the fundamentals well. Uh, stating the obvious, you avoid injury in these games and get confidence in your young guys. And, again, the three guys, Lance Jones doesn't need any confidence. I mean, he's played at a, at a high level uh, from a college basketball standpoint, so I don't think I worry about that. But I want to see Camden Heidi and Miles Colvin continue to figure out what their roles are and, uh, and have success. And both those guys have every ability to do so. Uh, and I think also Brian Waddell, as he continues to, to work his way back from, you know, even I know he last year didn't have the, you know, he wasn't 100%, but here's a guy also that just about every Purdue team over the years, Brian Waddell would be a, would be a, a, a major role player. 
this year's team, probably not, but he, he still is a guy that uh, down the road, I think can help you. And I think you just want to see all those guys take a step forward and uh, execute. And I think you'll see that in those games. He's Alan Carpet, goldandblack.com. Again, it's a tremendous website that does such a great job of covering everything, Boilermakers, everything from uh, football, basketball, volleyball. I mean, heck, wrestling. Gonna be, I mean, the message boards are great as well. So make sure you get your subscriptions. You can also gift those. I always love to tell people this because you're always running around thinking about last-minute gifts. you got to figure out something, Boilermaker fan in your life. Don't know what size T-shirt they are. Forget that. Get them. You can get the subscription easily to goldenblack.com, can't you? Right. With our new On3, it's a little bit easier to do that. Uh, our partner with On3 Networks. And, uh, yeah, it is a good, it is a good uh, gift subscription idea. And operators, as they say, are standing by. <laughs> love to hear it, Alan. Alan Karpik, everybody, buddy. Hey, always love talking hoops with you, my friend. Uh, enjoy, that, uh, enjoy that Michigan football game uh, tomorrow. We'll talk to you again next week. All right, sounds good, guys. Thanks so much. Welcome back. It is the Boiler Basketball Show, 1017 The Hammer, 1017thehammer.com with Jared Jesselitis. Got Jeff Julik here uh, via satellite telephone, I, I, ham radio. I, what are you on right now? Well, I'm on the old phone, but I'm uh, you know getting prepped for that big uh, football game we got tonight. Is that I'm a landline that. that you're on? You're on a landline? No, I am on the old cell phone. I got okay. rid of the landline like right. a year ago. <laughs> Oh, boy. So, uh, you know, Purdue men's basketball with two games next week. Uh, they start to count here. You know, the first off is this uh, the Sanford team that uh, quite, uh, I'll tell you this, they're really endearing themselves to Purdue basketball fans, I think. If you are not on social media, you're probably uh, not aware of what's been going on with Sanford's uh, social media accounts. Basically, they have been hyping up a a five seven and a half player to take the jump ball against Zach Eady, and they've been doing these little vignette things where you know the trainer stretching them out. They're they're trying to work on tips and stuff. Uh, it's very it's been very tongue in cheek, but it's been it's been a nice surprise, Jeff, because we've been dealing with Arkansas for some reason for now another week. Um, and it, it's nice to take on an opponent here that is uh, trying to have a little bit of fun for once. It is college basketball last time I checked. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, they had a nice season last year. They were 15-3 and in the conference and had a great chance to uh, to make the NCAA tournament, but they were they were defeated, upset in the first round of their, their Southern Conference tournament by uh, Chattanooga. So, you know, solid basketball team. And I really like how Purdue's put this schedule together because – you know, you played a, a Grace team that was what thirty-one and three last last year, and in the NIA, and now you've got this team, and this team's having a lot of fun. Uh, you know, uh, they they realize they have a daunting task coming to Mackey, and uh, they're making uh, fun of it, and uh, looking forward to they got nothing to lose to come in here and uh, give it their all, and uh, see how their program stacks up against uh, one of the best teams in the country. Yeah, tied for first in the regular season in the uh, in the SoCon. They, you know, you take a look at who they played last year. They had a little non-conference glut where they lost like seven games in a row. And teams on that list included DePaul and UCF. Both those were overtime losses. Uh, so they did play Valpo. They beat Valpo last year pretty handily, 79-49. to 49. Um, 
but yeah, it, they did get out a little bit here and, and play some teams. Maybe nothing crazy, but they did play some teams. Of course, the SoCon's got our uh, friends at uh, at Mercer still in there. They still have um, uh, what's his face uh, coaching over there, right? Or Coach Gary, move? right? Yeah, yeah, Coach Gary. He didn't move on yet, yeah. did he? I don't believe so. No. I don't think he did, right? But they didn't do too well last year. They were like fourteen and nine in the SoCon, but still, uh, it's a Sanford team that comes in that. Uh, yeah, they want to get better, and there's not a lot of teams that want to come into Mackey Arena. There's, they're just not in in November. Uh, but they've agreed to this. They they want a piece of this, and uh, it's just it's nice to de- be dealing with a a team and a fan base that is somewhat reasonable for for a minute and, and wants to have fun, you know. And I applaud them for for doing this and kind of making a joke out of doing the uh, jump ball against Zach Eady. I mean, at this point, I'm almost rooting for the kid to kind of do good on this. Well, you know, uh, Zach lost the opening tip to uh, Arkansas, and then the opening tip the other night, uh, it was not a, a great toss by the official, and both uh, Zach and uh, the uh, big 6'10 center that Grace had, they kind of uh, uh, met at the same time, and the ball just kind of died and fell down. It was, it was. I don't think either one of them won the tap. So, so we're looking for uh, Zach to win the uh, toss against the uh, – five-seven opponent from Sanford, from the Bulldogs. That, it's not easy. You know, people think that that's so easy just to toss it up. It's really not that easy to toss it in between two ginormous individuals like that, have the right amount of speed, and have it go straight in the air and not lean one way or the other. It, it's not the easiest thing in the world if you've ever done it. And you've done that before, so I, yeah. I know you speak from experience because, yeah, it is not. And, uh, you know, especially when you deal with somebody that's seven foot four, I mean, uh, you know, you just look at how big he is, and you want to make sure you get that ball high enough, and uh, it can be challenging. And they're just not going to have, you know, you look at the Sanford team, they, they do not have the height really to deal with what's going to, to, to happen. They do have a seven-footer on staff. Uh, they brought in a 6'11 freshman, but outside of that, they just, they uh, there's another 6'7 freshman, but anybody that's kind of tall is basically... Uh, a, a freshman. It's uh, it, it's going to be. It's really going to be tough for them. It is. I mean, the one seven footer that they do have. Um, if you look at this media picture, by the way, a very impressive mustache. But uh, that kid played absolutely no minutes the uh, last couple, of, like for three years now, hasn't played more than average more than five minutes a game yet. So it just it doesn't have the experience to deal with the size and the height. I think uh, on the interior. Yeah, and, and I think the reason that's probably one of the reasons that Coach Painter uh, scheduled these guys because it's the type of team you'll see in the NCAA tournament. And quite frankly, as we all know, the Boilermakers have struggled against uh, smaller, quicker teams and you know the, the Farley Dickinsons of the world. So, yeah, great opponent for the Boilermakers to see early. And like I say, coming off a uh, impressive 2022-23 season. So, uh, you know, everything Matt Painter is doing right now is geared for one reason, and that's to get this team prepared for March. And I think that's why you see him make that trip to Arkansas, and you're going to see that in the upcoming opponents. And then we've got uh, one more coming up on Friday. Of course, we'll have another show yeah. uh, before we get this game uh, against uh, Moorhead State. But, again, some people look at the schedule and go, oh, boy, really, wait, wait, they're not scheduling. But they were 14-4 and in the Ohio Valley last year. They were 22-12 yeah. and overall. Um, and these guys are going out. They're, you know, they're taking on Alabama this weekend. Uh, so that will be uh, interesting because that has a little bit of bearing on uh, you know Purdue because 
Uh, they obviously have that game up in Toronto against them, but still, um, if you're, if you're going to have to play these kind of teams, at least you're playing the best of the best here. You're not scheduling the Chicago States uh, anymore. You know, you're trying to get the best of these uh, mid-majors if you can. Yeah, and, and we talked about how brutal their schedule is once you get to that Maui Invitational, and, of course, you got Xavier coming up before that. And so, you know, Matt's done a great job of making sure you try to get the wins, but at the same time, uh, going up against teams that that will prepare you for the the, the postseason play, and so you know uh, it'll be fun to watch us against these teams because they they all bring something different to the table, and it's a different style of play that we uh, see on a uh, night to night basis in the Big Ten. And don't let your Indiana friends give you any kind of crap for scheduling that one because that's exactly who they tipped off against last year. Just letting you know, and this is a team too that ended up uh, second round of the NIT. So it's not a complete throwaway type game, but uh, again, as Jeff pointed out, you really you got to appreciate what Matt Painter does in scheduling some of these opponents because, uh, much like that Alabama scrimmage, his focus here is getting his team prepared, um, and obviously things like the Maui invite do that, the Gavit games will do that, but how you spend the rest of that time uh, is important. And if you're just going to – I understand the Christmas break and, and you schedule uh, Jacksonville. Like, I get that. You need uh, – you've had the kids on vacation, finals and that stuff. You kind of want to ease back into it. Everybody does that. I'm cool with that. But to come out of the gates and just dunk on the athletes in action, it just – it makes no sense to me. It doesn't make you any better. It just puts a win in the column uh, that's not going to help you out uh, when the committee goes and looks at those metrics, you might as well play somebody that's going to try to make you better. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great point, Jared, because, uh, you know, it, it is what it is, and you've got to schedule teams. You, you know, when you play the Maui Invitational, that'll prepare you for the Final Four and the Elite Eight, but you've got to get to the Elite Eight and the Final Four, and these other teams help you prepare to get there. So, and I think that's why you're seeing the schedule. Yeah, and it's like, again, it's not as if, you know, Xavier's not tough, and Gonzaga's not tough, and uh, Alabama and Arizona aren't tough. There's plenty of meat on the bone here, but uh, really hats off to Matt Painter to uh, schedule, again, a Sanford team that's, uh, like Jeff pointed out, with the size and everything, too, is something that you struggled against and you need to get better against. Moorhead State, uh, again, a, a mid-major that uh, uh, is uh, pretty darn good. On top of that, and then it just leads into what those mandatory things are, like uh, Gavit games and, and, and Maui, where that scheduling is kind of out of your hands, but you're still getting the great opponents. Uh, they will be ready. Uh, whatever this team is, by the time it hits December, uh, it will be ready for that uh, first little slate of Big Ten action. And then the main slate uh, that comes up starting on January the 2nd, and that is the key. Uh, but there's still plenty of questions abound that we'll find out. Who goes where? How do the rotations look? How small does that bench get once we get the Big Ten play? Jeff, there's still plenty of questions out there that we need answers to. Yeah, you're absolutely right, and it's uh, it'll be fun. I'm looking forward to this non-conference season because I think they did a, a wonderful job uh, constructing the schedule, and uh, we'll get to see it all starting on Monday night. Yes, uh, I'm sure. How, how bad is Houston's, by the way? You know, we try, we really shot at Houston last year, didn't we, with uh, – their yep. lack of uh, quad one uh, games that they even played, and yet, you know, uh, we thought that maybe they were going to end up as a uh, one seed. Though the committee actually held that against them a little bit, 
And I'm glad that they, they, they finally did that because I, I just thought that what they were doing, even with the chances to do something, was uh, absolutely crazy. Would they lose like two games the entire season? And really, they didn't learn very much their lesson because the best thing they've got on their non-conference is Xavier on the road starting in December. Uh, and then they got a Texas A&M game uh, is the only other ranked opponent they've got, essentially. So, yeah. Oh, they'll, they'll have two against Texas, don't get me wrong. But still, it's uh, it's a joke of a schedule when you compare it to something like what Matt Painter has put together here. All right, yeah, we're, uh, we're going to take a little bit of a break here. We'll come right back. Well, let's take a look at the schedule for the next week here and see what basketball you got to look forward to in the Big Ten. That's next on the Boiler Basketball Show on 1017 The Hammer, 1017TheHammer.com. Welcome back, Boiler Basketball Show, 1017 The Hammer, 1017TheHammer.com. I'm Jared Jessalitis. Thank you for spending an hour here talking uh, Boilermaker Hoops with myself, Jeff Julik, here from Alan Karpik of Golden Black. Dot com. Now is the time on the program that Jeff and I usually like to go through the schedule, go through the standings, see where everybody's at, see what to expect. We uh, get the uh, old Sharpies out there. We circle some of the games that are important to us over the next week. And unfortunately, there is no basketball Saturday or Sunday, but that is okay. We're going to survive with plenty of football, right, Jeff? We always do that. We're good to go there. Yep, we had those exciting uh, uh, preseason scrimmages over the weekend that were a lot of fun to watch. So, I mean, it uh, uh, we got a little taste of what will be in March uh, early. Yeah, and uh, we don't really need to go over the uh, the standings right now because we have a massive tie for first place and everybody at zero and zero. So we don't have to worry about that. But Monday, I mean, half the, it's like half to three-fourths of the conference is already in action course, highlighted by Purdue, hosting Samford that game at 6.30. We did grab BTN on that one, which is great news. So you've got that to look forward to in Mackey Arena, but that's not the only games going on here. Penn State, um, you know, no more Micah Shrewsbury. How do they rebound? They're going to host Delaware State. Uh, that game's at uh, 7 o'clock, and thankfully not on your television set. You can watch <laughs> Rutgers for the first time this season at 7 o'clock. They get Peacock as uh, they host Princeton, Ohio State will start out their season hosting Oakland. Uh, 25th ranked Illinois will start out their season hosting Eastern Illinois. That is the Harvard of the directional Illinois schools. That game not televised, though. Uh, Wisconsin hosting Arkansas State. Uh, I don't know how Arkansas State fans are versus Arkansas fans. I'm going to say slightly more pleasant. Uh, Nebraska hosts Lindenwood. Uh, Minnesota, Bethune, Cookman up at Williams Arena. Binghamton makes the trip to Northwestern. Shout out to Brooks Barnheiser, Jeff Bronco, and uh, captain this year on that Northwestern Wildcats team. How about that, Jeff? Very nice. You know, he uh, he was a role player last year that made some uh, big, big plays for the uh, Wildcats. And uh, nice to see the Bronco. Uh, he'll probably be in the starting lineup this year. And then after the Purdue game gets over at 8.30, it's the, oh, boy, I really wish this was a football and not a basketball game. What number four Michigan State hosts James Madison at 8.30 in the Breslin Center? Would be a much better football game than a basketball game, wouldn't it? I think so. And, you know, Sparty looked uh, pretty good against Tennessee, but uh, at times uh, Tennessee jumped out to that 17-1 to start against them and then uh, – Michigan State was able to uh, call their way back and make it a game. So, uh, you know, I was impressed uh, with uh, Illinois as well. They they looked really good against Kansas. So, uh, 
you know, it's going to be an interesting Big Ten race, but uh, obviously we believe the Boilermakers are the team to beat. Tuesday night uh, kicks off at 6.30 on BTN with Indiana hosting uh, Lob City. That's Florida Gulf Coast, although I think they've come a long way since that. Uh, but that game on BTN at 6.30. Mount St. Mary's out at Maryland. North Dakota at Iowa at 8 p.m. UNC Asheville at Michigan. Uh, that is the second game of the doubleheader on BTN. And I'll tell you this, I am a little bit interested in what Michigan is going to look like this season, Jeff. Well, I, I think you should be because I think this might be a, a break, a make or break year for Jawan Howard because, uh, you know, the team really struggled last year and, uh, he lost, uh, several players to the NBA and, uh, um, it looks like a, a another rebuilding year at Michigan. Yeah. So how does Jawan Howard uh, handle that? And uh, if he handles it poorly, what happens to the Michigan? basketball program all this stuff happening in football right now you uh you tend to forget about some of this other stuff so uh that will be interesting that's 8 30 that's a that's a double header for you tomorrow on btn we are no go on wednesday but thursday there are a couple of games one of those will be airing on btn with number four michigan state hosting southern indiana uh again that's at seven o'clock on btn if you would like to uh cheer on the the Southern Indiana, what do you got, Jeff? You know the mascot? Uh, let's see. I believe they're the Hawks, if I'm not mistaken. We're close. We're close. We're the Screaming Eagles. Eagles, okay. I knew it was a bird of some sort. It was so. some kind of bird of prey. <laughs> yeah, you were you were right there, and uh, you missed it. Florida A&M will go and uh, head over to Nebraska at Pinnacle Bank Arena, but that game is not going to be televised, which then gets us to Friday and another big full slate of basketball action. Look at Michigan back on BTN at 6.30 against Youngstown State. Go Penguins! 7 o'clock, you've got uh, Purdue hosting Moorhead State. Over on Peacock, Ohio State. Look at this. They're getting uh, A&M, Texas A&M. 15th ranked team in the country. That's a pretty good one at uh, Value City Arena. And a little shock, BTN is going to take Michigan and Youngstown State. But Hey, Peacock gets uh, gets a choice, and they get a prime one right there. Boston University heading over to uh, Rutgers in a battle of uh, regional accents and Piscataway. Uh, <laughs> Davidson, Maryland on ESPNU at 7 o'clock down in Asheville, North Carolina. Lehigh takes on Penn State at 7.30. UTSA, the Roadrunners, are going to run it all the way up to Minnesota, Williams Arena, 7.30 on Peacock on Friday night. Oakland continues its Big Ten tour. They had the 25th-ranked Illinois, 8 o'clock State Farm Center on Friday night. Alabama State and Iowa, 8 p.m. on Peacock and Carver-Hawkeye. Dayton travels up to Welsh-Ryan at 8.30. That game, the second game of the BTN doubleheader. And then another dandy here. How about number 9 Tennessee heading up to Wisconsin, the Kohl Center, 9 o'clock on Peacock. Look at that. Two Big Ten teams taking on ranked opponents on Peacock on Friday night, Jeff. Oh, that's, that's, uh, that's big. I mean, uh, that, yeah, Tennessee looks fantastic against Michigan State. So we'll see how the uh, Badgers look. So uh, a lot of it, there are intriguing matchups this week. Yes, uh, maybe a little slow to start here, but Friday looks uh, absolutely loaded. You're going to get two Boilermaker basketball games as well this week both Monday, uh, which will be on uh, BTN, and then uh, Friday's game, unfortunately, 
uh, going to be over there on the plus. I have not used the plus this year, Jeff. I know you go to the games too, so uh, haven't had to struggle through that. But let's hope it's working better than that Bally's uh, sports app does uh, over there uh, for the Pacer games, which is always horrendous. But uh, this is, you know, this is also too the benefit of having Peacock, Jeff. Uh, when you got Peacock here, it's uh, another quality streaming. Uh, service to be able to bring you more Big Ten games that you could be able to watch. Yeah, absolutely, and that uh, you know it, it just gives more exposure to the league. And you know, of course, next year when four new teams join the conference, it'll be uh, even better. I mean, imagine too if you weren't if you wanted to watch some basketball. Could you imagine not being able to watch Ohio State, Texas A and M, or or that Tennessee Wisconsin matchup? I mean, the oh, fact yeah. that you're able to just pull that up now is is great in that you don't need a, a Big Ten Plus account because I know so many ins would sign up for the for the one and then just cancel it after those first two exhibition games where you you know you, you had to watch it and you just go turn around and cancel it was a pain in the in the butt for you. Now you get Peacock, I think that gets you more value. You probably already have a f- football season as well. And since you know Purdue is going to be on a uh, a, a league high amount of games there, at least it's worth the investment. It is, and you know, you, you add the fact that we were what, what looks like three uh, Big Ten. We had three football games on, and then looks like six uh, basketball games. Yeah, absolutely. And not to mention, I mean, we all want to see these uh, basketball games like uh, like uh, Tennessee and Wisconsin on on Friday night. So. Yeah, and they're well produced too. I just I never understood during the football season the people that complained about it. Uh, I know it's an extra fee. It's not like you got to pay twenty five bucks or something like that a month. I mean, it seems somewhat reasonable. Uh, the quality of them was it was done really really well. It's better than you know what you can get on Big Ten Plus at times. And I know sometimes that app's got streaming issues and all that. I know a lot of people work very hard locally. Shout out to guys like Corey Palm that you know work hard locally to make sure those things go off without a hitch. But it's you know usually not their problems. Uh, it's just because too many people want to watch this Boilermaker basketball team and then it just it struggles and ugh, it can be the absolute worst. But a great week of college basketball that we're all very excited about. And, of course, Jeff and I, we're going to be doing this, you know, every Friday here throughout the season. So you want to make sure that you uh, you tune in here and we'll have you covered. We want to thank Alan Karpik for being on with us from goldenblack.com. Uh, Nate Barrett sends his apologies. Couldn't be on with us here today, but that's all right. We're going to work him back in again next week, so don't miss out on that. We're back next week for another round of the Boilermaker Basketball Show on 1017 The Hammer and 1017thehammer.com. We'll see you back here next week.